SHSS podcast. Let's talk learning. Today we have Bill Leo. Hi, Bill. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for pronouncing my name correctly. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. A little bit about myself. Well, in 2019, I had the honor of getting my Irish citizenship. I live in West Cork, in the middle of farming country by the sea there. And in my day job, I'm an investor, and uh, I also co-founded a couple of global charities, and I'm on the board of a few others. One of those is Coda Dojo, which you might have heard of, which is the largest independent club for kids to learn to code in the world for free. And the other is We Forest, which has planted and funded 100 million trees by empowering village women around the world to create their own food forests. What's your best memory of your school days? The best memory of my school days was doing a science experiment with lasers and being told that I could take the broken laser from the, the, the lab home with me, which I actually managed to restore and turn back into a working laser. So when I was 13, I had my own laser. And back then there were no sort of semiconductor lasers. So this was a real neon laser, helium neon. Very geeky thing. <laughs> what did you study at college and why? Ah, so I am a high school dropout. So I never made it to college. And why I never made it to college is because I was extremely badly bullied at school and I really couldn't stand doing more of it. Would you like to tell us a bit about your involvement in Coder Dojo? Sure. So I'm one of two founders. The other founder is James Welton, who is the much prettier, much younger <laughs> one of us two. He came to me for investment, actually, because you know, my day job is an investor. And he said, I have this app that follows the cork buses around. We hacked the bus system to, so we could see where the buses are. <laughs> and I said, okay, apart from the hacking the bus system thing, that's pretty cool. I can probably get you some money, but tell me, how many coders do you have on your team? Now, I always ask new companies well, how many coders they have, because a lot of the time they give the wrong answer. Now, here's the wrong answer. You know, like I've got, you know, some smart person comes in and says, oh, you know, we're making a new app. It's Uber for cats. We're going to do cat sharing, you know? And I'm like, uh-huh. And I'm saying, okay, how many developers, how many programmers do you have? And they say, oh, uh, we haven't got any, but uh, there's five of us and we're going to just outsource the programming to, you know, India or China or somewhere. Now, to give you an idea of how dumb this is, it's like saying, you know what? I am going to start an absolutely a fantastic gourmet restaurant in Greystones. It's going to be, you know, in the premium position. The wait staff are all going to be former runway models. The front of house is going to be a former employee of the royal household in, in England. The sommelier is from a chateau in France. And you're like, wow, this sounds really good. You know, the architect is going to be, you know, one of the top three architects in the world. And you're like, wow, fantastic. And then, then you say, so tell me about the chef and the food. And they say, oh, well, actually, we're going to outsource the food to McDonald's because it's very consistent. When James was talking about all like his startup, he had three coders. And I was like, how did you get three coders? And he said, I trained them. And he said, I said, how? And he said, I made a computer club in my school. I said, wow, you must be very proud. And he said, no, actually, I'm pretty miserable because I'm leaving, I've done my leaving cert and the school shutting the club down. I'm like, hey, uh, if I could start the club outside of the school and just have you come along and you know, we work together on it, 
would you would you do that? And he said, you're crazy. And I said, watch me. And that's how Coda Dojo was born. <laughs> Why did you move to Ireland? So I moved to Ireland because it's beautiful here. I find the people very friendly and I'm quite fond of rain because I grew up in drought. Uh, would you like to describe a typical day in your life? Typical day in my life. I get up, I do my email, I practice a thing called inbox zero. So I have no emails by the time at the end of the day, I've got no unread emails. I then do all my social media and all my, my chats and I get down to chat zero and post zero. Then I help make breakfast and then I'll come out here to my office and I'll start having calls like this. And I've, I will spend most of the day just talking to people, really just giving people advice, connecting people, making connections. You know, I sit on a lot of boards, so I have board meetings. This treadmill that I'm walking on right now while I'm talking to you, I've actually, since the start of the pandemic, I've actually walked around the equator. Really? Really. <laughs> so that's what my day looks like. And then at some point, like I only eat two meals a day because I practice intermittent fasting to try and keep me healthy and not enormously fat. I hope it's doing a reasonable job. You know, Camrad's 10 pounds, so, you know, some of that I look... <laughs> So then uh, around about six o'clock, we'll have dinner and then I'll start, you know, other parts of the world will start opening up. So I'll start doing more emails and more chats and things. Walking and a lot of talking is what my day looks like. <laughs> what motivated you to set up We Forest? So my daughter was eight at the time and we, were, and we homeschooled our kids because I had such a bad experience at school. My daughter you know, I was doing some research on climate change because I was asked by the Prime Minister of a little island nation to help out Prime Minister Denzel Douglas at St. Kitts and Nevis. I actually became a UN climate representative for 10 years. But as I was doing the research, my daughter looked up at me and said, Daddy, you broke the planet. You better fix it so I don't have to. And I was like, well, you know, if there is one thing that life has taught me, it should be to obey the women in your life. So... <laughs> So I set up We Forest as a result, and I committed not to fly for until we planted 100 million trees. It took me 15 years, but we actually got the, the 100th millionth tree funded just last year. And we're continuing to go forward, of course, like we're not just stopping there. How did you feel when you were named on the Financial Times list of the top 100 minority ethnic leaders in technology? I felt happy that there was an acknowledgement of some of the stuff I'd done, but I also felt kind of disturbed, right? Because I just don't see the same, I don't have the same lens. I, I, I see all people as people, as humans. Like people ask me, oh, where are you from? And like, if you're an Irish person asking me, I'll say, well, I live in West Cork. But the reality for me is I'm from Earth and we're all Earthlings. And I don't just mean we as Homo sapiens. I mean, literally every living organism on the planet is an Earthling. And, you know, one day we'll have Marslings, but until we do, Earthlings is all we have. So, like, to say, okay, you're a, you're a, you're a minority leader in something, it, it's just that's a lot of sort of categorization that I think is actually unnecessary for us as humans to live. So mixed feelings. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give to young entrepreneurs? Oh, that's a very, very simple one. I give it all the time. There are two pieces of advice. The first piece of advice is do everything with integrity. Now, integrity means giving your word to something and then keeping your word, or if you have to break your word, 
making up for it afterwards. It's okay if circumstances force you to break your word, isn't it? Because like you couldn't do anything about that. But it's not okay if you just ignore that, that, that you broke your word. You actually have to go back and go, you know what? Things got in the way. I am super sorry. And I'm going to make up for it as if I hadn't broken my word. That's real integrity. When you own your mistake or you own the circumstance, even if it was out of your control and you make up for it, that's true integrity. And people who practice true integrity, either you know, giving their word, keeping their word, or making up for it if they inadvertently break it, those people actually get ahead in the world no matter what field they're in. And then on top of that, frankly, in entrepreneurship, the most important thing says just three things not to do. Don't die. Don't quit. Don't suck. What has been your career highlight to date? Career highlight to date, definitely being able to fly again after 15 years. Getting those trees in the ground and seeing that they're still alive is definitely the career highlight. Even though I've done many you know, big commercial things, I've had two startups that have gotten to billion-dollar values. None of that is as important as getting the trees in the ground and you know, lifting people out of poverty. Any future plans? Yeah, you know, at least another 100 million trees in the short term. <laughs> also got a couple of very interesting companies that are in my portfolio that look like they have promising cures for cancer. One of them is already treating patients called Vivan. It's an amazing company that, that makes an avatar of, your, of the patient with a fruit fly and then treats it with every known FDA-approved drug to see what actually reverses, makes the fly live longer. And another run by, both of these have women CEOs, by the way. And the other is, is called Cygenica, and they have a molecule that can actually deliver drugs into cells more effectively. And so that means you could have a cancer therapy that has the same side effects as like aspirin, as opposed to having all your hair fall out and all these other horrible things. Do you have a hero? I have many. Richard Feynman, one of my heroes, a mentor of mine, John Ranesh, who is a world-renowned author, but actually was the manager of Evil Knievel, the stunt writer. He was one of my heroes. He recently passed away. Marie Curie is one of my heroes. Ida Lovelace is one of my heroes. Yeah, I'm also pretty keen on Iron Man. What's your favorite motto? My very favorite motto is by a science fiction author called William Gibson. And he wrote, the future has already happened. It's just not evenly distributed. And then my next favorite motto is from, I forget the attribution, but, but it goes something like, never underestimate the power of a few committed people to change the world. For in reality, it is only such small groups of committed individuals that ever do. And finally, is there any advice that you'd like to give to your teenage self? To my teenage self, don't let bullying make your choices for you. We'd like to thank you for coming today. We really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> my pleasure.